Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. All right, guys, today we're on the Reticle Up podcast with Anthony, a former Marine that was on the Marine Corps shooting team. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. Oh, man, I haven't seen you in quite a long time. Probably three years, I think. Two, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and and okay, so you got to tell the story of how we met, too. We were at Memorial Three Gun, and I believe I was looking at the prize table. Yeah. And uh, ran into you, and we started talking. And then I remember you telling me that, that you. I believe you got to do the mini bird, the I mini did. bird uh, stage. That was you the coolest so thing ever. <laughs> yes. I still think that's probably like my, my high, like, I don't know how to top that. It's pretty hard to top. Shoot yeah. from a helicopter is pretty cool. Haven't you done that? I have. And one of the courses that I got to go to uh, in the Marine Corps, I did get a shoot from a helicopter and it was pretty sick. <laughs> see yeah for you it's a normal day for me that's yeah I gotta top that so <laughs> oh man so um tell me a little bit about like what got you into shooting competitively and like why you kind of went to the team I mean was that planned or how'd that get started so I'll be totally upfront about it I got really lucky on how I got on the rinker shooting team I was in Jordan and um, I was up for orders and I was with uh, one of my buddies who's a EOD and he's like, yeah, I know this other sniper that's on the shooting team. He just goes to matches and shoots all the time. And um, it's like, really? And so I, he, uh, he put me in contact with him and then um, I gave him basically a resume of what I've done in the Marine Corps. And I kind of got scooted on the Marine Corps shooting team like that. Uh, with literally no competitive shooting experience whatsoever. Really? Uh, yeah, I, uh, he was a fellow sniper and um, he kind of hooked me up a little bit. And then I got on the team and we started immediately training. And then, um, hmm. yeah, that's kind of how it started. I got really lucky, basically. That's that's a rare yeah so okay that's the first time you started shooting competitively had you shot a firearm before that um the first time i ever shot a gun was probably uh, i think i was in eighth grade however old that was seventh or eighth grade okay when i first shot my first gun what was it i believe I think it was an AR-15. My, my next door neighbor was really into guns, actually. And he had AR-15s, AKs, all sorts of things. And he would take me shooting. And um, I believe it was an AR-15. But uh, I think that's kind of where I got my uh, my liking for AKs. He a big AK guy. I'm a big AK guy. So uh, that is definitely my favorite gun. 
Have you shot the um the AK match that's out in Texas? What is that called? Not yet. I know what you're talking about. Clash Bash. Um, I, I want to do that. And there's also Red October. Or I, I think Red October is another one. I haven't shot any of those yet, but I yes. I feel like I that'd be hard that. to load an AK. Like the banana magazines is not, not easy. <laughs> me, me being a lefty, I actually uh, load the AK a little faster than they are. So oh, fair. There's so many lefties in this industry. Um, when I was teaching this past weekend, I was like, do we have any wrong-handed shooters here? And then there's always one in my class. I was like, great, <laughs> do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so your neighbor gets you into shooting. Um, so what was like the best lesson yeah. maybe that that they taught you? Like, what did they start with? Do you remember the experience? Or were you just like handed a loaded gun and said, have at it? What's really funny is I, I don't remember, actually. Yeah. Uh, kind of, it was probably like a little bit of safety, not necessarily exactly how to actually shoot. More just, you know, keep the gun pointed downrange, stuff like that. But actual, like, shooting-wise, um, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, and, yeah, I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school, and that's, I guess, where I got my actual foundation I would say of marksmanship. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so did anyone else in your family shoot? Were you just like the coolest badass out of your family or what? <laughs> Pretty much. That's what ended up being happening. Uh, nobody, nobody else shoots. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I get it. Have you tried? Um, I haven't taken my mom shooting and my dad, he's just never, he just works never really paid attention to it so but now that i'm in virginia i'm the only one in my family that's here so i can't really like try to go take them shooting if i want to <laughs> anymore at least yeah. yeah i mean okay but do you send them videos or have they ever actually seen like what you do or, or is it one of those meme things where they think that you just kind of like stand around and shoot stuff and it's like really boring <laughs> I've sent them videos. They've yeah. never seen me uh, in person, but I, I have sent them videos. What do they say? What do they think? <laughs> um, my mom thinks it's really cool. My dad will like be like really shocked, like, "Oh, it looks, you know, like you're really good and stuff like that." But they, they really don't know. They don't understand what's going on. So I, yeah. I probably am not really that good, but they they think I am. Really, so that's all that matters. Or do you send them the videos where you're like shooting at paper, but they don't actually know you threw a miss or whatever on that? Exactly. Like, you know, what does this do for the, the gram? For the gram, yeah. <laughs> yes. Sure, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there's two things I want to ask you about kind of like the industry, maybe outside of the industry. So we all have kind of like role models or people like who inspires us. Was there someone like back in the past, you know, before shooting, um, and then was there someone like in the community when you were getting started that you kind of looked up to? Oh man, that's a really good question. Um, like people, look up, I say shooting wise, being on the Marine Corps shooting team, um, I could say for that, for current or I guess or recently past, um, who I mainly looked up to probably be um, Scott Raider, calling his name out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, I don't know. I just, 
he taught me a lot. He was a really, really good shooter, really fast. And uh, he's always way faster than me, always. <laughs> and uh, I'd always strive to try to, I guess, just keep up with him um, shooting-wise. But before that, I, I couldn't really tell you. Um, yeah. Do you think that, like, you know, steel sharpens steel? So if you always shot with Scott, maybe you haven't beat him yet. But do you feel like already having someone at that level to like chase or work with kind of brought you up? Absolutely. Even when you're um, at a match and if you get like a bunch of good people in your squad, you know, paying attention to what their times are compared to yours and you know they're a good shooter and you're keeping up, you know, kind of pushes yourself and gives you an idea on how, uh, how you might place but I mean I think it can also it can also be uh, bad as well though because like if you're like not if you're just if you know you're nowhere near that level then it can hurt you yeah as well so, uh, it's like you know at the end of the day I think you need to shoot your own game and not like other people's but I'm the same way yeah I get out there and I'm like oh they can shoot fast I can shoot fast I can do that and you're like oh you didn't see the gram the gram shows the fake and then everything else is real um but like I mean there's something I learned actually recently or something I just heard is so many people are not actually paying attention to you right they only care about themselves or only paying attention to themselves it's really hard right do as we say not as we do but we want to compete against each other or ourselves not so much as each other um, and the other thing too is so often people are like, yeah, I won overall or yeah, I did this. It's like, you can't compare apples to oranges, right? I mean, there's different divisions and you just got to look at that game. Oh my gosh. So learn that. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. So rather than a role model, maybe, but let's talk about, was there like a hero? It doesn't have to be shooting related, but have you ever met your hero or who are they? a hero like you're talking real person or fake or no like real person that you would get to meet like for I won't tell you mine I'm just saying that I met my real life heroes and I was curious if you've met yours because I was kind of let down for most of them except one I I couldn't tell you I don't think I've actually had a real life <laughs> hero before I never thought about it I never um What's your fake life hero then? Like Superman, Batman, who are you? <laughs> it'd be Superman for sure. <laughs> um, I got to meet, it was pretty cool. And it was, I, I wouldn't say a hero, but I guess just somebody that was really cool to meet. Uh, Jim Lyon, he was uh, Carlos Hatzkep's officer so I spotter and I got to meet him shake his hand and I got a picture with him so that was pretty sick but um just me being a sniper and he got to work with like one of the coolest best snipers ever in Vietnam and I got to meet him and you know I read I read a book um that Carlos Hathcock wrote and uh that was pretty sick but so cool actually I, I, I don't know I don't think I really had it. did you sorry no, I love this. Okay, did you have that planned or did was it like spontaneous that you ran into him or met him or like what happened? It was actually for a three-gun match that we hosted. It's called uh, Remember the Brave and it's at Quantico. I don't know if they still do it hmm. or not, but uh, it's a match that's dedicated. It's kind of like a memorial match, if you will, but um, 
And uh, yeah, Jim Lane was there um, giving some of the prizes away and stuff for the match. That's so cool. Okay, but he didn't let you down, right? Like he was as cool as you thought he would be or he was as kind as you thought he would be? Yeah, he was super, super cool, like chill. Like, yeah, yeah, you'd get a picture with me. <laughs> That's all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Just a picture because it didn't happen if, it, if there's no picture. Well, well, I could ask for it. I'd love to talk. Oh, man. Actually, okay. Actually, take it back. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say a hero, but something, somebody that I look up to. Funny story. I was in, I was in my last appointment, and my mom told me that one of the school teachers that she worked with was a sniper. Okay. And she emailed him, and he was like, yeah, I would love, like, for, to meet your son. So I got back. And um, it's crazy because he's literally from the same place I'm from, Missouri. And I met with him, Ethan Place, or he goes by John Place. And, uh, you know, he's got 32 confirmed kills. And me and him had lunch, and we talked for three and a half hours straight. And it was just telling, talking about war stories. And it was probably the coolest thing I've ever got to do is, like, just pick his brain on stuff. And, uh, yeah. I totally forgot that that's awesome. That's really cool. You still keep in touch with him? Um, I did for a little bit, and um, actually haven't talked to him in a while now. Hmm. Okay, and Missouri. Missouri is popping with matches, three gun matches. I mean, the Gadsden Shooting Center, you've got Lead Farm out there. We have uh, Lucas Cattle Farm, too. Like, isn't that all three facilities out there? I've shot at Lucas. Lucas. The only one I've shot at Missouri. Okay. But that's like where a lot of the heavy hitters come out. And I actually did not know that until I shot the very first blue line three gun. You, you're not making that match this yeah. year, are you? Because you should be. And we have, we're staying in a prison. <laughs> really? Okay, I gotta tell the story. It's like, at the end of the month, right? It's so the June? second weekend, second weekend in June. And what was funny is we were looking at Airbnbs and there was like, you know, a pretty cabin and you've got the Lake of the Ozarks, right? <laughs> we found a jail. Okay, so me and my brothers basically were like, y'all, we have to stay here. And they're like, we can stay at the, you know, the other places, you know, which one? I was telling, it's Brad and Scott. And I was like, guys, if we do not book this jail, we have missed out of, out of an opportunity in a lifetime. I can't. The beds actually have like prison cells. The shower is just like three walls of concrete. The floor is still concrete. I can't wait. That's going to be sick. <laughs> I mean, you know how much we travel, right? When, when you travel to matches, how often are we staying in like dungy, disgusting hotels, middle of the nowhere, sometimes like motels? And we get like crappy Airbnbs sometimes too. Sometimes we're camping. Do what? Sometimes we're camping. I've camped before I'm out this week just to save money. Like in the summer or like when it's colder? I think I've done it both. Gross. Showers? <laughs> if you got, I don't think they have showers at VR. It's like for one night. See what you got to do. Yeah. Marine Corps. That's Marine Corps stuff. I need a shower. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So 
now that we've yeah kind of dove into i want to know about like the marine corps team so um maybe i'm not as familiar i know there's like a uspsa team there's the three gun team like tell me a little bit about like what was that like and how how are all those teams kind of formed so i can speak for when i was on it i know now they have completely changed the way it is um but when we were on it, it's pretty much based off of how they competed at uh, or how they did at division matches. You could kind of, they already brought a skill to the team that they were, I guess, good at, you know, whether it was bullseye pistol or um, bullseye rifle, or if you could tell that they would be good at action action shooting and then or anthony and just off the street yeah no <laughs> yeah that was i got lucky um i don't i got lucky <laughs> um i'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying how i got on the team <laughs> i love but, it though. um yeah so I, it was just pretty much what they were good at and then you try to mold them into you know what you what you wanted them to be whether um, depending on which team they were on, but um, I know it's changed. It's changed now. I know they have a dedicated USPSA team, three gun team. I think now they're doing PRS. Cool. And um, yeah, so it's a little bit different now. That's neat, though. I mean, they're coming up with like the times. Okay, so what was what was the qualifications like? Um, you know, y'all set up stages. How did you train for all of that on the team? Like when you're saying just for preparing for a match, upcoming match? Or like, what's your day-to-day? Um, I won't compare things here, but like the AMU team, yeah. right? That's all they do. They set up stages, they shoot every day. That's their full-time job. What was so, your life? So it kind of depended. If we had nothing going on and we had an upcoming match, and I'm just talking for the three-gun side, we would do exactly – that set up, I mean, shoot eight hours a day, five days a week, and train, set up stages, drills, whatever um, we really wanted to do and work on. If we knew that, uh, if we knew that we had a natural train stage coming up, we would use this one range that kind of catered to that. If we knew we had a mass that was mainly base style, you know, stages, and we would try to, you know, mimic that. Um, so, but then, you know, being on the shooting team, uh, we're also instructors. So if there are times where we would do VIP shoots or we would have to go over curriculum, prepare for um, our next division match that we would go to to teach the Marines. So um, kind of just depending, but usually the summertime during the peak of the shooting, uh, shooting season, uh, we would most of the time get a, a good amount of time to train. Okay. And that's like what we would try to do. <laughs> so did you train? <laughs> did you train in the rain? <laughs> Were you ready for that? <laughs> you know what? Did you ask if we uh, train in the rain? Yeah. Yeah. Because every match that I've ever been to, it has poured. <laughs> um. Scott's favorite uh, saying, and I'm going to say it on here, the, if, it's, if it ain't raining, it ain't raining. Right? <laughs> right? I would, 
I would drive him nuts. Because every time it started raining, I would say it, and he'd be like, don't say it. <laughs> I'd always give him oh, yeah. Oh man, love that dude. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's cool though. I mean, so have you ever been on the other side of that where you've actually been a match director or RO'd or seen the other side of things, you know, um, from that perspective? Yeah, usually we would actually end up for Rocky Mountain 3 gun, we would RO because it would help us out with uh, match fees and stuff. So I've RO, never been like a match director or anything, but I've done plenty. What'd you learn? What was the best thing? I mean, because so many people haven't RO'd, so I want you to share like kind of the insights of why you should RO and what you learned. Um, for us, mainly what I would do just because I try to keep it fair for you know all shooters is I usually the scorekeeper scorekeeper would try to pay attention to little minor things like procedurals and stuff. For me being the RO, um, I would just mainly pay attention to what that gun was doing. Mm-hmm. That's what I paid attention to. For safety, uh, paramount. That was us because the big thing is when we do division matches, we got Marines that have never even seen this type of shooting before. So they're right. running around with a gun and never shot on the move before. They've never moved like this and that with a gun. So uh, we're watching. That's what we're mainly, mainly on. Um, uh, okay. so did- one thing, I guess, being, I guess one thing being RO is what's kind of neat is you can see how every single shooter shoots a stage yep. and how, you know, you might see something off the wall or you might see something that like, wow, that was a really good idea. I wish I would have done that. So that's another, I guess, good, good thing about being an RO. But um, the big, for me personally, the biggest thing is I just try, I try to pay attention to that gun the most, just that way. Like, yeah, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Someone breaks the 180, like it's because that's the only thing I'm watching is making sure that they're not, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I, we're going to talk about a war story. I want to hear about meeting in matches, you know, safety issues and stuff like that. But I think the, the thing that you said, don't you hate it when you shoot the stage right the day before, and then you're ROing that same stage every day and the next day. And you're like, I could have shot it better. I could have shot it that way. Why didn't I think of that? And you're like, Urgh. that's the same thing when I, I was like, I feel dumb. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like you can, you'll see it's crazy how shooting is like, as if, you know, you got one squad, you got your squad, right? And let's say you got a bunch of really good shooters on your squad. And then the other squad, maybe you got good shooters, but not a lot of match experience. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so different squads will find different things. And, you know, depending on people's match experience and like, because you got one person that figures it out this way, it's like, well, Oh, they, you know, their wave saves four seconds or something. I don't know. So, yeah, what's crazy about this game is, <laughs> depending on the experience level you have on your squad, can actually help you out as a as a shooter as well. So, how how often did you get screwed over as a lefty? <laughs> oh man, every match. Okay, all right. If, if I'm running. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what do you want to tell match directors for all the lefties out there in the world? What do you want to say to them? 
At this point, I don't even care because I'm so used to it. Just keep on making them the same way. Bring it. <laughs> I don't even care no more. That's awesome. What's like the worst experience I mean, with a lefty? Like, usually it's uh, they'll make a stage where there's a bunch of rifle paper and you're running from left to right. And while everybody else is just cruising along, I'm running backwards because <laughs> I can't extend my body that much. So I end up running backwards having to shoot these targets. Whew. The biggest one was the Mosky carbine matches. They would always have stages like that. And I'm just like, come on, man. That does suck. That does suck. Oh my gosh. I think about like the shotgun stuff, your ejection port's on the same side. So is it just like hitting your arm the whole time? Actually, no. It's nice for shotgun because if I have a stoppage or something, I can just see it and I fix it immediately. So that's one thing. So same thing with rifle too. If if I get a stoppage with my rifle, I I usually I'll pick it up. But um I mean there's some ups and downs. Yeah, that's funny though. <laughs> just oh, it's so opposite. I hear that every match too. But I feel for y'all, you know? There was like a hard lean of the match that somebody couldn't even get around a wall and they had to shoot right-handed. So I'm sure you've had to do that. Yeah, sometimes it happens. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you miss most um about being on the team and stuff? And and I want you to share. Oh, I missed it. Are you sure about like what's the worst thing you've seen at match ROing when it comes to like that safety war story? We all have one. You know, what happens? The worst thing I've seen as an RO. Yeah, like what it, what call did you have to make or what happened that scared you? Because I've been there. Like how how many guns have been pointed at you, you know? I mean that a lot. Especially at Marine Corps matches. Marine Corps matches, not civilian, normally not so much, just because when we go to those big major matches, it's usually, you know, more shooters that, that like, do this a lot. Uh, but Marines, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it can be pretty bad, put it that way. Um, well, I guess, yeah, Marine match, just the gun straight up pointed right at all of us. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I, <laughs> loaded and everything. Like, they went to run and they forgot to keep it up range. And so they're right hand shooter and they, I don't, I can't, I don't just point right at us. Or maybe they're moving laterally. I can't remember. We were in Okinawa. We were in Okinawa when it happened. Shotgun, pistol, yeah, which gun? With a rifle. Solid. That's not good. <laughs> we got DQ'd. They got DQ'd. A lot of holster, a lot of pistols from flying out of holsters that day too. So do you guys not shoot with, um, you know, hooded holsters? And honestly, I've had one DQ my entire life, and it was three gun, and it's because I didn't have a hood on my holster. <laughs> um, I know the the new holsters that the Marine Corps have. It's a thumb retention. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the way you have to do it. I don't think you should three gun without it anymore. Absolutely not. No. Uh, my holster, honestly, I actually have it right here. Um, there you go. I use this little safari land guy. Yeah. A little, not too crazy. Something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, that's that, that was a game changer. And that, yeah, learned my lesson. At least it was like the holster, you know, and not like something I did ish. Still my fault, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
no, 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 it's it's not bad. Um, it was I got DQ. I got DQ from. It was actually, uh, we were going against the Brits. It was the Marine Corps against the Brits, and I put the rifle. I dumped the rifle in a barrel that had another rifle in it because I was just not paying attention. That was my DQ. Stupid. Nah. You know, so many people forget their guns in those stupid barrels. How often have you literally been the next shooter and dumped and you're like, cool, the other guy's guns in this still, you know? Yeah, sometimes that happens. <laughs> you know, That's the worst. Um, so you guys never actually put on a, a match. I mean, I was kind of, I'm newer, right, to the sport. Did y'all ever host a match um, as your team, like set up a match for, you know, civilians to shoot? Oh, uh, yeah, the Quantico Shooting Club. Uh, we would build three gun stages. It'd be like a three or four stage match, but uh, the civilians come out and shoot, and uh, we would shoot it too. But we would build the stages. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, that's a lot. A lot of fun. What was the dumbest obstacle you made civilians do, <laughs> or the hardest? <laughs> um, I actually we wouldn't really we wouldn't get too crazy with it. Um, because we didn't understand like you know. There would be like new shooters, stuff like that. So we didn't do anything really wild. Um, I couldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say that there's any crazy obstacles or anything like that. We wouldn't mess with them. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. That's not. That's not what I got at Fort Benning. You know. <laughs> Fort Benning. Yeah. Fort Benning's. I love those matches, and every year I would always make the same mistake too. Every single I shot Fort Benning three years in a row, and I made. I would make the same mistake every match. What's, what's the mistake? Somewhere, one of the stages at that match, I would run past the target and not shoot at it. And it <laughs> happened three years in a row. Solid. <laughs> every, sometimes, it was, sometimes it was two in one stage. Yep. Did you get to do the match where they had the boat, where you got to pull yourself in the boat and shoot? Yep, that was my first Fort Benning match. My first pro level three gun match actually I'm so jealous on the shooting team was that oh. match cool i mean was that the coolest thing really you ever cool. shot ever that was really cool yes it was really cool that but video was what got me into three gun really mm -hmm. i saw Derek giddings on john rasmussen post that video and i love shotgun and i'm like you're rowing your own boat while you shoot what and then you know i know that they had a lot of constraints later on the years and i got in too late oh that was the coolest thing in the whole world that was what did it it was neat that stage uh my shotgun tube was too tight or the oh my lord um the oh, i'm having a brain fart followers the clamp oh clamp. To attach the sling on Benalia or whatever, that was yeah. too tight. So I had about, my shotgun went down on that stage and it was shotgun heavy. I had probably four FTEs on that stage. Well, I've been there at Nationals. I think I had 39 shotguns. <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> That'll rough. kill you. That'll kill you. Um. Okay. So over the years, what would say like your favorite favorite match that you ever shot what was that they don't do it anymore and that would be 
um, Blue Ridge, Rocky Mountain, or not, not Mountain, Blue Ridge. Yep. Yep. Hands down, favorite match of the year. Every year, I would always be excited. And it's unfortunate that uh, that match. Is- I actually, I was going to shoot the, the, the year that they stopped doing it and I had seen my buddy Scott go and I was like, that looks cool. But I knew I wasn't there on the rifle portion or on the run and gun. So t- tell me about like the street crossing and how crazy it is up there where you just kind of like do whatever. Each space. What was the question? I was going to say, I've seen like blue lines events where you guys are literally running the woods and then you just like cross a real street with like cars driving. So I'm just curious, like what? Oh, how- it's not a. It's, it's a dirt road that's on the facility already, but they make sure there's no cars coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was your favorite stage? Or like, why did it make? Why was that match like the go-to match for you? For me, I just I love the natural terrain stages i love long range um and like how physical it was and you're just huffing and running and gunning it was just it was a blast i don't know and then like at the end you know they would hey you know i don't care what anybody says brings like to drink at the end they'd have keg everybody's getting together they'd have a band everybody's a giant family and uh it was just it was sick it was one of the that was my very first three-gun match, which was probably the hardest match you could ever go to as a brand-new three-gun shooter. I agree. <laughs> and that was my very, my very first match. Oh, yeah. I, I placed like 110 or something. And then my last – I was pretty – my last match, I, I placed 13. So made an improvement. Yeah. So was 13 your highest um, match placement that you got? For Blue Ridge, yeah. Or just for yeah. any match, period. Yeah, like, what was your, your best finish a match? <laughs> uh, I think at like a pro match, probably, I think it was, I think it was Memorial. I think it was 10. Cool. 10th, I think first, the match that I met you at, that was my, oh. my best. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so you don't have to name it, but you can tell me like what was like the worst match experience and like why was it the worst? <laughs> if there was worst. Match experience. Are you saying because of my mistakes? I mean, it could be just well, I'll share my view and then you can kind of share your view. Like for me, I know exactly which match like I didn't enjoy and it wasn't because of the shooting, right? was because the squad I was on like nobody reset or nobody talked you know me so I need somebody that will laugh and play and talk shit honestly <laughs> so if I like that I don't want to go um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think I've never really had any bad match experiences other than me making it a bad match for myself because of the mistakes that I've made sure um well, and you guys, okay, I mean, you guys always rolled as a unit, right? So you'd always squat up and shoot together? Exactly. We would always be on the same squad, yeah. our three-gun team. Yeah. So, I mean, that camaraderie, you really can't be. And you know that you're going to have people to help you, guns you could borrow, gear that you could borrow. So it's a little bit different, you know, from my perspective of kind of not going out alone. I won't say that. 
but I will say like, I will never know who will, who will be there. Who I'll squad with, I'll sign up for matches by myself. Right. <laughs> so. That's true. You know, you're definitely taking a little bit of a gamble. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so coming out of the military, uh, now that you've like transitioned out and again, doesn't have to be shooting related. How was that transition? And like, did you prepare? And, and where I'm getting at is like, how could, you know, other people listening learn from you um, and preparing to get transition out? So me, I knew I got, I'll just say I got lucky again. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, There's another guy on the reserve shooting team. Um, he told me about this job. And this was about eight months before I was getting out. Well, I was on the fence between joining the Air Force or the Army. Um, and then I found out about this job. And they allowed me to apply, even though I was literally, I think I was seven, yeah, I think seven months out. And they allowed me to apply. And I did the interview. And couple weeks later they were like yeah we'll take you and I got hired so now I'm like well it looks like I'm for sure getting out so um I bought a house out here in Virginia while I was still in the Marines I think I bought it like a month before I was out so I could literally move out of my barracks room straight into a house um and that's that's what I did but uh I definitely had multiple options um College was one of them also definitely for some reason just wasn't my top. I just, I don't know. I didn't want to go to that yet. Um, but I guess anybody transitioning out is just try to make sure you have a plan. Don't, don't just think you're going to wing it really. Yeah. yeah. That's good advice. Um, so what do you do now? Can you share what your, what your cool job is? <laughs> so I am a firearms instructor for the state department, uh, train the federal agents how to use the guns that they get issued. So cool. It's kind of a dream job. It's, it's like, I, I don't know how else to put it. I got lucky and <laughs> I'm still teaching guns like I was in the Marine Corps. And so as I think, yeah, maybe talking to you made me realize maybe I am a lucky person. I don't know. That's a good thing. Um, <laughs> well, okay but the opportunities too that you take advantage of. So if you know someone, you meet someone, you connect with someone. I, I truly believe that there's people out there that you meet on purpose, right? They teach you something or they help you and you were meant to meet. And even if, you know, they are not so nice, it's, it's a learning lesson. Um, yeah. Using those connections and talking to people, it's probably why I wouldn't say lucky. Okay. But I have to ask. Okay. So how old are you now? I am 27 years old, which means you haven't been paying for ammo for nine years. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I guess yes. so. <laughs> Only three years. Cause before when I was in the regular Marine Corps living in California and stuff, I was buying my own ammo and like, <laughs> yes, now, and especially at these prices, it's right. pretty rough. <laughs> That's awesome. I always have to ask that. So for people that don't know, when you're on these shooting teams, they pay for your fees, your travel and your ammo. And then this is the best part, right? We're paying taxes for them to come out there and whoop our butts and take the prizes home. <laughs> I mean, I, 
I'll say you're not wrong, I guess. I love it. No, I love it. (laughs) Um, And I don't think I've asked this yet, actually. So you talked a little bit about your teaching with people. Um, You've you've been around a lot of the teams and, and stuff. What's the difference between the civilian training and military firearms training? Um, because you're, I mean, from my experience, it's a little bit been a little bit different, but I'm curious what you've seen. So this is my personal opinion on it. Yep. Is if you're teaching somebody marksmanship with a pistol or shooting in general. And like to a new shooter, I wouldn't, to me, it's not anything different because at the end of the day, they're just, they need to use the gun and hit target. Now, if you want to talk like tax and stuff, that is when I think it really, really could change between civilian law enforcement and military, Um, you know, for civilians, you know, if they're, you're teaching them targets or, you know, three gun or USB to say, hey, A zone, A zone hits, you know, um, maybe not necessarily for military, you know, you might be talking about, or law enforcement, you know, you would say, you know, thoracic cavity or, you know, the critical area. Huh. So, like little things like that. But um, I think it, for the shooting aspect though, like, Marksmanship's marksmanship, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I personally, and, like, everybody can teach it, you know, however they want, you know, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. But, like, when it comes down to the bare bones shooting, like, it's, to me, there's not really, at the end of the day, you, you want to hit the target first shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what you want to teach, you know, how to, how to accomplish that. And then to start throwing in other things, depending on, you know, civilian, um, they might, I don't know, I guess be like different situations, you know, most likely a civilian isn't going to be going into a room having to draw their gun and arrest somebody or right. something, you know. <laughs> interesting, interesting. I, I hope I had answered your question. I, that's just my opinion on it. Um, it's like, to me, like just teaching them, you know, like you can take a competition shooter and turn them into a tactical shooter a lot easier than tactical shooter into a competition yes. shooter. Yes, that's what I was kind of getting at is, you know, when you see like shoot houses are a great example. I see a lot of military people who know how to like come in, come out and come in, come out, or they have their gun straight down, right? But when you're a competitive shooter, you never learn those, I guess, are habits. I mean, right? Because you're trying to shoot as fast as possible, where military is kind of shoot a little bit differently. That's the hard part of transitioning. You're 100%, right? yeah um and like that but and like when you start going into that well like we so now you talk about shoot houses or room clearing it's like well now that's getting into the tactic side a little bit right so like with a shoot house for competition hey, you're running gun guns up you're going around target no cover no nothing and you're trying to go through it as fast as you possibly can <laughs> so that as i guess just shooting itself like in its plain view, however you want to put it, it's the same. But then when you start incorporating the tactics side, that's when things will start changing. But like yeah. marksmanship wise, shooting is shooting. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like- it was interesting. I was teaching a class um, two days ago. I forgot what date it is. 
and I had a guy that had been in the military for like 19 years, the older guy. It was funny because I gave him one of the plastic guns just to see his grip. And immediately he comes up and then he goes down. And I was like, why do you point up at the sky every single time and come down? He's like, what are you talking about? Show me what I did. So I literally had to show him how he came up and brought the gun down. He's like, you're right. The military trained me 100% how to do that all the time. You know, and I'm teaching him eye on the target, bring the gun up to your sight. And unfortunately, you know, the trigger finger, that's where a lot of those holes come from. It's because they start right up front and come down. Um, but those are habits that you don't even think about. It's like when you go and take a class or learn from you, you've got that other perspective of like pointing those out and then trying to get rid of the habits is really hard. Right. Yep. Yeah. And 10 okay. times, I was going to say 10, 10, 10 times out of 10, I would prefer a new shooter who knows nothing <laughs> than a shooter who has habits to break. <laughs> You're a hundred percent right on that. <laughs> it's painful, right? It can be. Yeah. Okay. What's like the most rewarding part of your job of being an instructor? What's like your favorite thing? Um, I would say at the end of the course, when people come up to you and say, thank you. Uh, I've had, I've had shooters, you know, some say like, I'm just letting you know, I've never shot a rifle before. So this is going to be great. I'm like, Easy day. No problem. We'll get, I'll get you, through the wall, get you through this. No big deal. I get paid to do this. You know? <laughs> so I, it's just rewarding just to see, you know, some of the times they're nervous and then they end up doing really, really well, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's good. You know, just, we try to make them the best shooters possible just because like they are a type of law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, for the people, you know, who are listening and haven't like taught someone or coached someone or, you know, even pass it on, it's so rewarding to see your work pay off, even if they don't thank you. Right. It's like, I taught you that they did it. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, a little exactly. bit of thanks. Yeah. A little bit of thanks goes a long, long way. Even if you get paid. No, it's, it's, I, <laughs> and like, and like sometimes, you know, patience is a big thing too, because like they'll, I mean, you got stubborn shooters, like there's plenty of things that they could be making to stick on, but just having patience with it, yeah. you know, because once they see your demeanor change, then they're, they're, they're going to be like, wow, like I'm making this person mad or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So you got Calm, cool, and collected. <laughs> Which I can be and cannot be. <laughs> when I'm teaching, I'm the most patient person ever. But of course, I'm the same way. I'm like, why is this not working? And then you just get frustrated. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Okay. So whether it's a match or every day, what is like one piece of gear or one tool that you can't go anywhere without? Besides a gun, because that doesn't count, because I'm the same. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, something that I take to every match. Um, well, you know, there's some people. I'll I'll be really honest. I am the worst with bringing stuff that you might actually need <laughs> i bring what i know i need and that's it <laughs> um 
I'll just be completely honest. I do not have anything that I actually take <laughs> every single time I go, no matter what. It's like, okay, I'm shooting this match. I know I'm going to need a D60. I know I'm going to need a sling for my shotgun, for my rifle. Um, you know, I know I'm going to need a chest rig caddy for my shotgun. Anything, I could have, I got nothing. I'm <laughs> even worse. Okay, then for you, how often do you ask other people for a tool or something? <laughs> batteries, optic batteries, even Allen wrenches. Okay, I mean, I, I keep batteries. I keep batteries in my bag. Um, I'll have I'll have my little uh, Allen wrench set usually, but I, I just I always keep it in there. I don't really ever take it out. I mean, see, I don't, it goes with you everywhere. Okay, I can, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and I also had this like little computer like screw set. It basically mainly for the flathead. If I ever had to adjust my pistol sights. Yeah. I had that. that. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, maybe I do have some stuff. <laughs> you got, you got to think about it. People make fun of me. And it, I love it. People make fun of me every time they roll up. Yeah. I bring stuff. I'm a girl, but also, they're like, really? You just brought everything in the kitchen sink? And I and Amelia go, yeah, but wait 30 minutes to one hour and you're going to want something or need something and I'm going to have it. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like, you're absolutely right. I think it's, you know, the old Marine Corps thing where ounces equal pounds, pounds equal pain, because everywhere you go, you got to carry it. And like, now, I don't know. That's that true. life is behind me. That's true. I'm over that. I'm over that. You're not over that. Um, you still shoot three gun. We bring so much crap to a match. It is painful. Yeah, you're not wrong. And most of the time, I still refuse to get one of those freaking cars. So I got my gun bag and I'm, I'm carrying it back. <laughs> and you're not, you know, you're not a total, tall, big guy, but you're still very strong to carry all that crap. I, I just, I can't break down and get. A big story. <laughs> I'm not dissing anybody that uses it. I just, for me personally, I'm not going to push a baby stroller from my gun. I just, I think it's too fun. I have too one. Fun to room. I love it. I ain't doing it. I can't make me. No, but my favorite matches by far are the matches where you can just pull up your truck, drop the tailgate, and that's all you have to do. And like Kentucky was like that. Um, and then it was, I guess, hopefully Nordic Trigun tri will be like that. And so many matches. I'm like, yes, no cart. Oh my God. Why can't all stages be drive up? Yeah. No, those are the best. Uh, like, last, yeah. Last memorial that was like that, actually. They allowed you to drive to each one. So yeah. The hard. first one was painful that I went to where it was like, I got to schlep stuff because we were like squad 10. So we did all of those that were up in the front area and then we kind of schlep it all the way back to the very top. <laughs> Yeah, it was rough. That was that was rough. That was so bad. Was, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and then I got a couple more questions and we'll wrap it up. If you could tell your younger self something to do early on in shooting, what would it have been? Like for competitive shooting? Doesn't matter. I mean something where you wish you had listened sooner or wish you had learned sooner or wish you had known sooner that would have just saved you like time, right? 
focus focus on the task at hand. Don't worry about the outcome. Focus on whatever the problem it is. Yeah. Um, and don't worry. Yeah, don't worry about the outcome. So I guess what I'm talking about is the stage, for instance, a three against stage. Focus on that and only that, nothing else. So whether you, you've been on the stage before or you're thinking about, hey, I need to be, I need to get this time because this dude that shot the stage before me got that time. Don't worry about anything other than the task at hand. What is in front of you? What needs to be solved? Yeah, that is like what I wish I would have learned. And how often, you know, how often have you seen the results come up and you realize, you know, that person that you wanted to beat or something like that, or someone you didn't want to beat, beat you, you know, who maybe wasn't at that caliber or someone, you know, had a horrible match, their gun broke, they DQ'd, something like that, where you're like, crap, if I hadn't been in my head worrying about that, you know, you don't know what other shooters are doing that are not on your squad. Yep. Um, Memorial, this last Memorial and I... Because I, I really don't get a tra- – I don't train that much anymore. Um, yeah. When I shot Memorial, like, I knew I was not going to do as good as I did the year before. <laughs> um, but I was really upset because the year before, I totally crushed Lucas Bakken. And then uh, I was going to – I don't know why. I have nothing against Lucas Bakken, by the way. I just wanted to make sure I beat him. That's your he's goal. A, he's a good shooter. I know he's a good shooter, and like he just doesn't do a lot of competition. Yeah. But um, but the kid can shoot. He's amazing. You watch his videos, and you're like, he's one hundred percent amazing. Hundred percent amazing shooter. But like, it's just I don't know. Dude. Well, this last year he beat me by one place. <laughs> so mad. A win is a win. So so angry, and like, there's plenty of reasons why, like, and if. I hate I hate at the end of the match when I can tell I can ask myself or tell myself if I would have done that I would have been or if I would have done this if this would have it drives me nuts. But uh, oh my god, I'm still still salty. I yeah. can't tell. No, it's the worst. It's like, um, yeah. I mean, because you you're you can what if it to death. Yeah. What if I didn't have that mic? What if I didn't do this right? But again, he trains, 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 not competitively. But that's something like unique that people don't don't listen to or hear. Like if you're a good shooter it's going to transfer over. And of course, like he's in shape, he runs and guns a lot. He shoots on the move. So there's still foundations where if you can get that, even with one gun, it'll apply to, you know, the rest and then comes out and proves that he can crush us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens. We even won't by one place. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So focus on you, focus on you. You know, um, getting back from low cap nationals too, like my, Oh my gosh, I was going to say my gun jammed on stage. I watched Bill Duda's gun uh, jam on the same stage that mine did. Um, I think Todd Jarrett had something with his extractor, something like his gun broke zero to stage. Brad Balsley, zero to stage. I don't even remember what happened. Yeah. So you're talking about these top caliber shooters having issues. And it's, again, like you're in your head and there's, I'm sure some people that beat them that was like, why did I beat them? But you don't know what's going to happen. And that sucks, right? When it's guns gear, I'm just saying like, there is stuff. Don't worry about it. Focus on you. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to do no matter, no matter what focus on, I'd say until you shoot your stage, focus only on the stage. Once you shoot it, then 
like do forget better. about it or forget about it <laughs> you know or forget about it. yeah absolutely definitely change <laughs> talk about something else <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you need to forget about it I love it. Um, okay. So this is kind of like my final question. I think that I'm going to ask everyone that's on the podcast. Um, what is like one book, one class, one resource, one something, or you can do a couple, um, that everyone should read or take that class. Like what improved your either mindset or your shooting? What improved my mindset or shooting? Um, or like, well, you know, the one thing that you'd recommend someone to, to read or to listen to or take a class, you know, from a certain instructor to grow? I, I think one of the greatest courses I got to go through was the SIG Master Rifle and Pistol Instructor course. Was that in uh, New Hands down. And, oh, I'm sorry. Was that New Hampshire? I'm just curious. It was, they came down to Quantico and taught us. Cool. And hands down, the best farm instructors I've ever seen, like they were awesome. And I'm not a stick fanboy. I don't even own a stick. I don't either. By the way, don't, okay. don't even own one. Oh, yeah. But um, their instructors were awesome. Highly, highly recommend any course, really any course they offer. Um, I went to their instructor one for the rifle and pistol and it was awesome that's so cool 100 great awesome um okay so just yes. for for the end how do people follow you on social media or connect with you if you want to tell them you know anything like that or leave them with a little nugget this is for you <laughs> um i have facebook messaging here i'm actually not really on social media i'm sorry uh, or you if uh just look up Anthony Dottillo and I think I'm on, I got messenger because I got so many, I got so many friends still in the Marine Corps. Um, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not big on social media. <laughs> just but, go follow the Marine Corps shooting team Instagram. I think they have one. Oh, yeah. I mean, somebody will give you my number, I'm sure. Or, you know, shoot me a text like old school. I don't care. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Awesome. awesome. Um, Anthony, thanks for being on the podcast. They can, hit, they can hit you up and be like, hey, I want to talk to that crazy Anthony guy. All right, yeah, here's the one. The one that doesn't pay for ammo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I pay for ammo now, and it's it sucks. It does. It does welcome to civilian life. <laughs> yeah, this is rough. Oh, man. Yeah, so th yeah, thank you for being on the podcast. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate your time. Learned a lot, right? Absolutely. No, it was great. Uh, I had a lot of fun also. And thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gen Kenzie.